Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening and welcome to the show. You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can find more information on Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. I'm going to start this evening with a prayer because I got a tough question from a listener, and I believe I need to pray before. Lord, Father God, let me speak nothing of myself in this response, but only by the power, the grace, the enablement of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. The question is, what has been the most difficult part of your recovery? What has been the most difficult part of your recovery? This is a tough question, and I'm going to do the best I can to be very honest with you. And I want to give you a real in-depth peek inside the mind of an addict, a recovering addict. As good as my life is and has been, there's a part of me that in all honesty, that I fight and I have to deal with. And that part of me says to me every day, let's go drink and die. Let's go drink, womanize, pick up where we left off, and let's just drink till we die. That's in all honesty. And every day since I have been in recovery, and I like to say since I recovered and I've been healed by Christ Jesus. And the reason I say that I've been healed and recovered, the Bible says, and you hear people quote the scripture all the time, a man is as he thinketh. Well, quote the whole scripture. It says, a man is as he thinketh in his heart. Where's your heart? It's a part of your soul. So in my soul, I believe that I'm recovered. Is not God bigger than alcohol? Is not God able to heal me from alcoholism? I believe that he is. Now, my healing is contingent on, and I'm going to read a scripture. It's contingent on me surrendering myself to the counsel, the guidance, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read James chapter 4, verse 7, the King James Version. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourself, therefore, to God, and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what I do on a daily basis to stay recovered. I submit myself to the triune God. And I resist the devil and I resist my flesh and that little voice that says, hey, let's go back out and let's pick up where we left off. And every day since I've recovered, he flees from me. And the other part, the most difficult part of my recovery is what I call all of the collateral damage that I have to deal with from my life in addiction before I got recovered. 
collateral damage. Friendly fire, as they say in the military. Those who were killed, harmed, hurt, and broken by my active addiction, including my family, my friends, my employees, all those who know me. And I'll take this moment to, I've apologized to most of you, but I apologize again because I know I wasn't a great person in my active addiction. And I want to tell you about a story about my wife and I. When I got out about, I don't know, 50, 60 days sober, my wife and I are laying in bed. And she turns and she says to me, she says, I don't know how to forgive you. I don't know how to forgive you for all of the things that you have done to our marriage while you are in your active addiction. And again, a peep into the mind of an addict. I, my response mentally was this. What are you talking about? I'm sober, you know, working, I'm not cheating. And I'm running through all these things in my mind, this mental checklist. And in all honesty, all I was doing, what any man or husband or man of God was supposed to do. And I said, sweetie, I know it's going to take you some time and I'll give you that. And it took, it is still taking time. Some of that stuff she's just now still processing and trying to get over. So I prayed about it. And then I called my earthly father and I was bemoaning it a little bit like, oh, look, I'm, I'm doing all these things. I've changed. I'm sober. And my dad, very forthright, he said, son, how long did you dishonor your marriage? And I said, Dad, uh, uh, you know, for a while, he said, well, give her time. Be patient. God changed you. And just like he changed your heart and your life, he will change her heart and allow her to work through all of the bitterness and resentment uh, and ultimately forgive you. So what I did was I, I found a church and I was going to church and every Sunday I'm getting up, going to church and I'm asking my wife, she's laying there in bed, hey, are you going to go to church with me? And every Sunday I got the same answer. And this is for husband and wives who are dealing with anyone who is in recovery. I'm going to tell the person who's in recovery, you have to continue to model the behavior so you build trust in your spouse. Well, my wife had seen me try to get sober multiple times, try to change my life multiple times. And in all honesty, it usually lasted about two months. And then I would revert back to my old habits and bad behaviors and drinking and hanging out. So I had to prove to her. I had to regain her trust. So fast forward, I'm, for a year straight, there about, I'm going to church every Sunday. One Sunday I get up, she's already dressed. And I say, hey, where are you going? She said, I'm going to church with you. And she's been coming to church with me ever since. So we go to church and I'm standing there. We're praising and worshiping. 
And the Holy Spirit says to me, you should go down to the altar because there are some things that are going to happen in your, your family, your life, in your business, your marriage that you can't handle. And I was like, what? Because honestly, life was, was pretty good. Uh, the turbulence in my marriage was, was smoothing out. But I started going to the altar. And I have been going to the altar since that time. So over four years, every Sunday I'm at church, I go down to the altar and I get prayer for my family, my marriage, and my business. And it's a funny thing that happened to me. One day after church, I get a call from one of my friends who goes to the church. And he says, hey, man, level with me, please. I said, level with you about what? He said, are you sick? And I said, why? Sick? I mean, who told you that? Where did you get that from? He says, because my wife and I have been watching you go down to the altar every Sunday, and we know that something has to be wrong. And what that says to me is because one goes to the altar to get prayer faithfully, that does not mean that that person is sick or in crisis. I don't want us to think and believe that you have to already be in crisis to go down to the altar to get prayer. I wasn't exactly in crisis, but the Holy Spirit had warned me that it was coming. So I started praying before that. Um, So don't be afraid to go down and to get prayer. I need prayer. Pray for me now. I'm never afraid in any situation where I am in life, in church, and outside the church, to say that I need prayer. I don't know anybody who doesn't need prayer. They're just people who are afraid to ask. And remember, fear comes from the devil. Fear is not from God. So things are are moving along, and I'll say I'm about 70 days sober now. I get a call from my landlord, and I think I have mentioned to you all, we own some liquor stores here in Dallas. And this is my number one liquor store. And the landlord calls and says, hey, Irvin, I'm going to demolish the building that you're leasing. And I'm going to either build condos or a parking lot. So immediately I'm crushed. I am absolutely crushed. This is our number one store, does the most volume and drives most of our profits. And I'm sitting there. And I honestly, I look up and I'm like, Lord, how, how is this happening? So I pray. And of course, I'm going to tell you what the enemy is saying to me. The enemy is saying, okay, you're sober. Now the Lord's taking your number one store. How are you going to make it? How are you going to make it? And in the natural, when I ran the numbers, got to say he was right. And I go home and I tell my wife and my wife says to me, I said, babe, we're about to lose our best store and I'm going to lose a significant portion of my income. And my wife says, well, don't worry about it. Guess what you'll still have? My response was God. And her response was, you'll have me. And I took that as a message from God that I would have God and I would have my wife. And What else would I need? But I did pray, and my wife could see I was upset. And I went, and 
and I was almost unnerved. And I was honestly, I was hanging on just by a thread. My wife could see it. The devil's saying to me, go have a drink. It'll comfort you. Go back. Look, you've tried it this way. Come on back to me. It's going to be better this time. You can count your drinks. You, uh, you know, we'll have a lot of fun. And, and I'm fighting. And my wife says to me, she could see I was just, honestly, I, I was really, truly just hanging on. And she says, go to your secret place. Go to your secret place. Get to the Lord. And I went to my secret place and I was praying. And in all honesty, I said, Lord, please don't let me lose this door because I don't, I don't know how we make it without it. And this was my prayer. And as I was praying that, something snapped in me and I, I changed the prayer. And I said, Lord, if it's your will, let us keep the store. If it's not your will, let it go because we'll still have you. I know you can save it, but even if you don't, I'll love you anyway. Well, the Lord answered my prayer. We lost the store, but I still had God and I still had my wife. And I always tell people, don't ask God questions that you don't want the answer to. Questions that you're not prepared to hear the truth. So fast forward, a few months after we lose the store, I was driving by where the store used to be. The landlord had knocked it down and created a parking lot. So I pull into the parking lot and the enemy was saying to me, man, what would your life be like if you still had this store? You wouldn't be suffering through all of these financial issues and lack if you just had this store. He took it away from you. And I did not listen to him. But what I did do is I wanted to know why I lost that store. And I asked God, I said, God, you know, why did you allow this store to be taken away from me? And what he said was, was an instant response. He said, your wife, your wife. And he said, you dishonored your marriage covenant with your wife at this store. And you disobeyed me at this store. So I took it. So I took it. <laughs> I don't know that that was the answer that I was expecting to get. But when I break it down, he was right. He took that store. And he was right to take it. And he gave me the rationale. He said, because you, dis, you dishonored your marriage covenant and you disobeyed me. That was my answer. So I get home and I'm talking to my wife and I bring up the, the store that we lost. And she says to me, she said, Irvin, I'm glad we don't have that store. I didn't like that store because you dishonored our marriage there. And you did a lot of bad things and you disobeyed God there. That's what my wife said to me. The exact same thing the Lord said to me. And I'm going to read scripture. And I, I've noticed that in church rarely will pastors preach sermons on this. And even when I talk about this with my friends, my loved ones, it turns them off. 
people don't want to hear this, but I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to talk about it. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. I'm going to read the King James Version. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in doing well. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. Well, I sowed dishonor to my marriage. I disobeyed God, and I sinned. I broke God's laws. I did a lot of bad things at that store. You can read between the lines, I'm sure, about what happened, so I'm not going to go into detail on that. But God is just. People don't want to hear it. People want to talk about the grace. You can do this. You can. God will forgive you. Is God merciful? Yes, he is. Is he going to give you grace? Yes, but God is also just. And the judgment of God is built into his law. When you break one of God's laws, God doesn't have to judge you. It's built into the law. I broke God's law in my behavior and the things I did in and around that store that I sold. And I reap, and I know it's not popular. I know I'm going to get a lot of messages and, and DMs and, and tweets from people telling me and talking to me about the grace of the, the Lord. Yes, he is all of those things. But there are natural consequences that are built into breaking God's laws. And I think we need to know that, realize that, and he sent me here today to tell you that. That means he doesn't love you. But there will be collateral damage and there will be consequences to breaking his law. This is Irvin Lee, host of From Beer to the Bible. You can get the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com and you can find information on Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org and we will talk more on the other side. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. 
Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. Please remember to get the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. I want to talk just a little bit about my brother Lonnie, who's now been passed and gone on to be with the Lord for about four years. His favorite scripture was Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3. And I'm going to read the New Living Translation of it. It's people ruin their own lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. People ruin their own lives by their own foolishness and then they are angry at the Lord. That was his favorite scripture when he passed. I inherited his Bible. So I was going through it and out of all the scriptures he didn't have, he read it all the time, but that one was earmarked and he had notes on it. And one of the things was, it was a revelation, not only to myself, but a revelation to how good God is. And people often ask me in recovery and when you were in rehab, did you ever doubt God? Did you ever doubt the goodness of God? Within rehab, not everyone was a believer in Christ Jesus. Some people didn't believe in Christ Jesus or God at all. And the ones who didn't would always ask me, well, if your God is so good, he's so good that you ended up in rehab. Where is he now? And I would always say, he's with me. And they said, well, you you might want to call him because you're not in the best situation. And I said, I don't have to call him because he's already here and he already knows. And he's faithful to deliver me from sin and shame and from my alcoholism. And I want us to think about that scripture as we begin to close out today. Many times because of the world, our flesh, the culture, in combination with our great enemy, we ruin our lives and we don't want to accept accountability. We live in a culture now where there is very little accountability. And one of the things that I was forced to accept was, yes, did the devil have a role in some of my suffering and alcoholism? I'm going to say so. By deceiving me, though, I had choices. I had free will. I didn't have to listen to his lies, but I chose to. And what I thought was fun ended up being filled with consequences and collateral damage. And what I want to say to you all now is if you become an alcoholic or an addict or you're addicted to something, whether it be substance or bad behavior, understand that the very, very root of the problem is your will because you've chosen to go down a path that dishonors God and disobeys God and no matter how much fun you're having, at some point, the consequences of your sin, your addiction, your bad behavior comes forth and you have to be accountable for it. So I can say that even in my active addiction, that God was good, God is good, and God will always be good. In Jesus' name, amen.
I want to tell you where you can find the book. The book is at FromBeerToTheBible.com. More information around Hampton Ministries is at HamptonMinistries.org. And again, if you have a testimony or a story about how the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has brought you through alcoholism, drug addiction, or anything that you are addicted to and the Lord has set you free, please go to our website from beertothebible.com so we can hear about it. And I want to leave you with this. The love, I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.